Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll be featuring John Martellero of the Mac Observer at MacObserver.com, and then we'll switch over to Josh Centers from Tidbits. All this and more this week on the Tech Night Out Live. Joining us is John Martellero of the Mac Observer, always with some very cogent comments to make about the tech universe, particularly about Apple Inc. And there's a story this week in Apple Insider headlined, Apple's research and development costs ballooned 32% in 2013 to $4.5 billion. This, of course, taken from Apple's financials, which were released this week. John, as tech companies go, that's not a lot of money, is it? Uh, Apple notoriously doesn't spend a large portion of their revenue on R&D compared to other companies. I've seen some graphs in the past where Apple's kind of on the low end of that. My take is is that that jump in R&D was probably related to uh, Touch ID and 64-bit A7. That's just a guess. Looking at it, though, Microsoft will spend that much on one operating system. Microsoft doesn't seem to make good use of its R&D money for some reason. They spend a lot of money, in my recollection, but it doesn't seem to translate into products that people love, which is one of our topics for today. <laughs> no, that's been discussed in the past. Nobody really understands. I don't know anybody who has a real good understanding of how Microsoft spends so much money R&D, and then that doesn't translate into booming sales like Apple. It's a real trick. You have to wonder about that, about using that money for productive purposes. Because think about all the stuff that Apple's produced for that $4.5 billion. Plus, we don't know what else they're developing that we might not learn about until next year. We don't know. Oh, about. sure. There's probably some Apple TV um, development in there, too, I'm guessing. Yeah, I mean, considering that Apple had kind of a slow year in product rollouts, uh, people kind of, and I do too, suspect that there's been a lot of stewing and working and conceptualizing and, and hardware development behind the scenes so that they can rock and roll in 2014. Well, we're going to have to see what they're going to rock and roll about, and I'm going to ask you about that. But let's look at the valuable use of one's research and development money. We have Microsoft. Now, Microsoft obviously spent a lot more developing the Surface, I bet, than Apple spent developing the iPod and the iPad or any of these other products. What do you think? Well, I, I think that's, that's reasonable because... Apple has had a history of developing iOS devices. They have a hardware history. So, you know, they've been developing the iPod for a long, long time. And then they moved into the iPhone, which is only a little bigger. And of course, it had a lot of complex, a lot more complex electronics with the radios and, and things like that. But Apple has a good hardware background, engineering experience. So I think you're right. I think when Apple started moving into the iPhones and iPads, they, they had that legacy hardware experience, whereas Microsoft kind of had to start from scratch building its own hardware. You know, I, whenever anybody comes over to my house to do some maintenance, my thought is, is that you know I do this once a year and I make every mistake in the book. They do it 10 times a day and it's automatic for them. So. I think in the same sense, Apple's automatic and Microsoft might have made some mistakes, like not going with low power. I saw a quote the other day 
on Twitter, and I think it was something on the order of the new Mac. The new iPad Air has half the weight and twice the battery power of the Surface 2 Pro. I haven't checked those numbers, but I wouldn't be surprised. Well, one thing, of course, Apple engages in all these elaborate machining schemes to bring weight down to make products more efficient. Microsoft tends to be relying more on off-the-shelf designs. They obviously work with third-party providers to build the Surface. I don't think they did it all by themselves. You know, that came out a couple of years ago when we discovered that Apple was using billions of its dollars to develop this uh, high water pressure machining of aluminum for MacBook Airs and the special technology that they were using to create these lightweight and rigid cases. Uh, I'm sure that technology paid off when it came to building the iPad. One of the things that Tim Cook said on October 22nd when he introduced the iPad Air was he talked about how it's so much thinner. But as I recall, he mentioned it didn't lose any rigidity. And it's little things like that where they have these internal goals and benchmarks. You know, I can just see the engineering team sitting around going, well, you know, we can make it thinner, but it has to remain just as rigid or it won't feel right in your hand. And then Johnny Ive comes in and says, yep. And then they all start working on manufacturing techniques to maintain rigidity, and it all ends up with a, a pretty cool product, which I'm going to try to acquire this weekend. I'm going to head into the mall and see. You're going to wait one. online. Oh, I'm going to go into the mall this weekend on Saturday or Sunday and just kind of mosey in and see. From what I'm hearing and reading, it, it looks like iPad Air supplies won't be severely constrained this weekend. And there's a good chance I can grab the one I want. Which one do you want? Let's ask that. Oh, I want a Space Gray 64 gig. I always get the smallest possible memory on the iPhone in order to minimize annual costs. And I keep a lightweight phone. And I always maximize my iPad because it's going to do a lot more work and store a lot more stuff. So I always buy the iPad with the most memory I can afford. It's been 64 gig in the past. Are you going to get also the cellular connection or not? I have an iPad 3 with Verizon Cellular, and I tested it and experimented with it, and we don't get very good Verizon coverage out here where I live, Uh, so I haven't gotten a a lot of use out of it, so I think I'm going to pass, go back to Wi-Fi only. My wife will get the hand-me-down iPad 3 with the Verizon Cellular in case we need it for a vacation trip or something like that. I let my wife use her iPhone if she wants cellular connections rather than worry about the iPad, because where she would probably use an iPad, there will be a Wi-Fi connection. Save the $130 or invest it in something else or pay a bill. That's a good point. You don't want to optimize your configuration and think about what devices have what features. It's a good point. All right, let's go back to the Surface here. Now, Microsoft isn't selling too many. They're doubling down. They're making, I guess, normal iterative improvements. So it's faster, it may have more battery life, the Surface 2 and the Surface 2 Pro. But there's nothing in there that deals with the problem of the design and the interface. Yeah, Microsoft doesn't get it. You know, it's awfully arrogant to say that, but the whole community just reels back in horror watching Microsoft fumble through this. I don't feel too arrogant about it because I'm not alone and my feelings. Some other writers that I greatly respect uh, are very bold in their statements that people just don't want a tablet with a keyboard and they don't want a tablet with Windows. You know, one of the things we've been talking about is um, 
Microsoft Office on the iPad sort of contradiction that, that Microsoft is in. If they put if they put Microsoft Office on the iPad, and I think they have a working version, then people will not want to buy the Surface. If they don't do it, then it just extends the period of time where people discover they don't need Microsoft Office. They can get all their work done on a tablet. A tablet is a device that says, I don't need a regular keyboard. You know, you've got a keyboard for uh, entering passwords and, and some minor things as a concession. But, you know, all the writers I know who want to get serious about writing on their iPad get a Bluetooth keyboard. And, but that's a very rare exception. The, the, the meme for the iPad is the Star Trek, Geordi LaForge, Picard, Captain Kirk. You hold the iPad in your hands, you touch, you drag, you squeeze, you swipe, you create. You do what you want to do with an iPad holding in your hand. Perfectly defines how an iPad is used. As far as your apps go, a tablet is the kind of device that cries out for lightweight apps. So this argument that, oh, I work on the iPad is crippled is self-serving and a rationalization. Um, a tablet is a device that wants lightweight apps. You don't yep. want Office running on your, on your tablet, unless you really need it. <laughs> Got more to talk about with John Martellaro of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. On the average, Americans work between 45 to 50 years hoping to build up enough wealth to retire and live out their golden years. Unfortunately, with taxation, the rising cost of food, energy, housing, and medical, many retirees are forced to live below the poverty line. Is this a flaw free enterprise, or is our monetary unit we call the Federal Reserve Note forcing us into perpetual debt, ensuring inflation and higher taxes? These questions and more can be answered by reading G. Edward Griffin's book, The Creature from Jekyll Island. Congressman Ron Paul states it's what every American needs to know about central bank power. A gripping adventure into the secret world of international banking cartel. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I will give a silver dollar from the early 1900s to anyone who purchases this book. Call 1-800-686-2237 and order a copy today. It's critical that the public be made aware of the system. Call and order your copy today at 1-800-686-2237. That's 1-800-686-2237. To thank you for being a loyal listener, we have a limited-time freebie offer for you. Claim your free heirloom tomato seeds, just pay shipping, right now at 123freeseeds.com. These aren't ordinary seeds. These are heirloom, non-genetically modified super seeds. 
that are open pollinated and can be grown, harvested, and replanted endlessly. These survival seeds are actually more valuable than gold in a crisis. Go to 123freeseeds.com and you can get an airtight storage packet of 150 super seeds free while supplies last to say thank you for being a loyal listener. First come, first served. Just cover shipping. Go to 123freeseeds.com now to see if your free heirloom seeds are still available. That's 123freeseeds.com. Not all protein powders are created equal. One World Way is the first cold temperature processed, 100%, all natural, unrefined, bioactive, grass pasture raised milk whey protein. Far from being another ordinary protein supplement, One World Way is a full spectrum nutrition power food in and of itself, providing overall life building benefits that touch virtually every human's life that other protein supplements don't deliver on. What are the benefits? Boosts the immune system, anti-aging properties, helps detoxification, helps lose body fat, supports excellent blood sugar levels, excellent for building muscle, increases in energy levels, enhances the feelings of youth, energy for exercise and recovery. Who's it for? Anyone wanting to feel healthy and have energy. Busy people, office workers, growing children, students, teachers, seniors, people recovering from illness, and high-performance athletes. Call 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorld, W-H-E-Y.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So we're looking, of course, at the focus here of Microsoft versus Apple with regard to tablets. Microsoft thinks it should be a slimmed down PC, which with two different interfaces with Microsoft Office, that's their cash cow. They've got to have Office. They've got to have Windows. Apple made the Office compatible apps free. Yeah, that was all the fault of uh, Mr. Sanofsky, who won his war within Microsoft to carry forward with Windows. You know, they had this courier concept early on, which was um, a smart and and beautiful response to the iPad. And in another timeline, I'm sure courier got traction and became an equal and competing platform to the Apple iPad. But in this timeline, uh, Sanofsky won his battle. And you've got a tablet with a keyboard running Windows that violates the very essence of what a tablet should be. And that's what Tim Cook was talking about on October 22nd when he said, without naming Microsoft, he said, our competition is confused. Of course, we know that they took a billion dollar write down on the first version of it. And Microsoft may be mildly embarrassed, too, about this RT fiasco, too. Um, that's, That's interesting to me. You know, you had the Surface RT, which is now the Surface 2, because the RT was a sort of a telegraphing that this is a crippled version of Windows. It doesn't run a whole lot of apps, and it runs a, a, a less capable version of Microsoft Office. So to what it seems to me, in my opinion, that they've kind of obscured that by calling the second generation Surface 2 and Surface 2 Pro. So if you're a casual buyer who doesn't do a lot of research, you may think, well, 
maybe I don't need a pro version. I can save some money. It, it seems to be a little bit misleading, a little bit defensive. But what I really want to talk about is Christmas time. And I wrote an article a while back called Microsoft Surface Strategy Will Flop with Holiday Shoppers. The other meme for this tablet that Microsoft has sort of backed themselves into is, is that because it has a keyboard and because it runs Windows, because it runs Microsoft Office, it's a button-down device. It, it, it sort of just telegraphs work. You know, so no, nobody ever, no kid ever complained when they got an iPad mini for Christmas or for a birthday present or anything. But if you were to go out and out of ignorance, you know, walk into the Microsoft store in the mall at Christmas time and say, oh, wouldn't this be a nice present for our nephew? You know, and you bundle it all up and everything. I can imagine the look on the young man's or a young woman's face when they open up the box and they think, iPad, iPad, iPad. Oops, what is this? Oh, thanks, uncle. <laughs> so I wrote an essay that I, where I made the case that there are things you give at Christmas time, things that people love, people, things that people want, you know, smartphones, high-definition TVs, whether you're giving it as a gift or, or it's a family Christmas present to the family. You know, iPod touches, computer accessories, you know, iPad minis. Jewelry, you know, watches, not a smartwatch. This workaday device with, with this keyboard and, uh, and Windows just isn't the right kind of thing to give as a Christmas present. It, it's a very capable business computer. Don't get, don't get me wrong. One, one of the readers had a comment at the end of my article that said, Oh, but this is so much more capable for business use. I never questioned the utility and business capability of Microsoft Office plus Windows. I just questioned it being on a tablet as a Christmas present. And that's why I don't think they're going to sell very many on Christmas, even though I'm starting to see ads, Best Buy advertised uh, Christmas specials for Surface 2 the other day. And I thought, oh man, Best Buy, they're going to be so disappointed. That's just my opinion, but we'll see how it goes. What can I tell mm-hmm. you? I don't think it's going to go anywhere. I think nobody cares about the Surface. I think Apple is going to move loads and loads of iPad Airs. I think part of the issue that makes it attractive that's small and slim and people who may have owned an earlier generation full-size iPad would look at that, especially since the iPad mini with retina display is probably going to be in short supply. That's what Apple's saying. Yeah. Who's going to come in number two? It isn't going to be Microsoft. It's going to be Amazon. When you think about Amazon Kindle Fire, it's a very nice device. The Kindle Fire HD is a third-generation device. I have a Kindle Fire HD, the second generation. It's build quality and look and feel, and the speakers are just head and shoulders above the original one. It's a nice device. Everybody has an Amazon account for buying books and stuff that they need. So it's a very focused device. It's designed to do fun things like shop and read. So when you think about a Microsoft Surface, what do you think about doing? And what you think about you know, maintaining your operating system and worrying about security and running these button-down, you know, spreadsheets and presentations. When you think about buying an Amazon Kindle Fire or an Apple iPad, you think about fun stuff like toys and playing and games and communication with other people and Twitter and buying books and using the Kindle app and, you know, shopping on Amazon and things like that. I think Amazon's going to have a good Christmas too. They're going to come in way behind Apple, but they're going to do okay. Well, of course, we don't expect 
Amazon to make a profit. Only Apple has to make a profit. No, 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 no. Amazon, <laughs> they're not going to make any money at all. <laughs> I saw a tweet today from somebody or an article that said something like, uh, Mr. Vitici, who I follow on Twitter, uh, luminary in the Apple world, wrote a little article on uh, simplicity and characterized the, uh, the profile of uh, these companies, Google and Amazon and Apple. And one of the comments he made was, uh, that uh, making profits would be a waste of investment money for Amazon. <laughs> he may be right. Yeah, but if Apple doesn't make enough profits, oh, wait a minute, that's no good. They're making a smaller profit. All right, let's not go in there because it's too crazy. Let's talk about what we alluded to just very briefly here, which is, of course, that Apple is giving away the consumer stuff in addition to the operating system. So for the foreseeable future, probably meaning to the end of life of the Mac, the operating system will be free. iLife will be free. iWork will be free. And as you mentioned earlier, with iWork, they cut back on some features for the Mac version, in large part to make it more compatible with the iOS version. That harkens back to the major update they did to iMovie, where features went away with a new platform. Final Cut Pro 10. I would assume here, as the mobile devices, the iPhone and the iPad become more capable, more powerful, features will be added back that will then yes. be shared across the platforms. Yes. Before I worked for Apple, I was a physicist slash software engineer for Lockheed Martin for 15 years, part of it at the Oak Ridge National Laboratory, and I wrote a lot of code. I didn't write Objective-C code like people do nowadays in an iOS environment. I was doing scientific work in Fortran and C and Perl, but anybody who writes a lot of code knows that it's not just magic. There's a lot of hard work involved. And it's one thing to, to have a shift in perspective on Final Cut, but it's another thing to make these iWork apps function identically across iOS and OS 10. That is, we've got another job and a half to bring to your attention. We'll have more on the other side of the Tech Night Out Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. 
big business has discovered the preparedness market, and that makes it difficult to know where to go and who to trust. MyPatriotSupply.com is owned and operated by patriots just like you, has the best prices on storable food, non-GMO seeds, water filtration devices, home canning equipment, survival and self-reliance books, and more. MyPatriotSupply.com has old-fashioned values and the absolute best customer service in the industry. Look for the deal of the day, unique affordable survival supplies that fit anyone's budget. Get same-day shipping on all orders and free shipping on orders over $49. Call 866-229-0927, 866-229-0927, or visit MyPatriotSupply.com for emergency preparedness, self-reliance, and food independence. Shop with a name you know and a name you can trust. Before it's time to survive, it's time to prepare. MyPatriotSupply.com We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document? Worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE, 855-340-7283. It's that time of year again, and you know what that means. Cold and flu season. <laughs> but don't worry. HerbalHealer.com has you and your loved ones covered with our safe and natural products. Cold and flu fighters like beta-glucans, olive leaf antiviral capsules, grapefruit seed extract, HHA four-herb capsules, elderberry power, and respirate. And don't forget about oregacillin for the lungs, normally $34.95, on sale now for only $25. Vitamin D3, 120-count soft gels, only $9. Whole body and homeopathic detoxes for the lungs, kidneys, liver, lymph, and brain, normally $26.95, now just $20. HerbalHealer.com also offers correspondence courses to teach you how to handle your health naturally. And as always, new customers get a free 128-page catalog with your order. Visit HerbalHealer.com and click the specials button to save on our natural cold and flu fighting products herbalhealer.com healing the world with nature one person at a time since 1988 live with gene steinberg it's the tech night owl because you never know what's going to happen next John Martellaro of the Mac Observer joins us. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. And we're discussing the real reasons, of course, that Apple's making all those apps free. But you were mentioning here your programming background. So maybe we can have the health and human services people get in touch with you to fix healthcare.gov. <laughs> Don't get me started on that because my wife is writing a big Oracle project for the state government. and. Uh, I have some insights into how those kinds of projects go, but I don't want to go there. What I want to talk about is, is that before you can 
start adding features, you have to achieve synchronization. And if that means deleting a few features, as you said, in order to bring very good software synchronization across the two platforms, you may have to give up things. And if you haven't written complex code before, you have no idea how much of a headache it is to do something like that. It's not magic. You can't just wish it and say, well, they didn't do this, they didn't do that. You've got real people with real problems and real limitations of APIs and compilers and and structure of their code and various objects within the code trying to bring that, that synchrony. And when it doesn't work, it goes really bad. And I can fully understand how you have to remove some features, get synchrony, synchronization, and then start adding features to both platforms as you go along. That's not the big issue. The, the big issue was, you know, this exciting announcement that I work in our life, as you said, and, and, and Mavericks and future OS 10 upgrades would be free. And I wrote an article about that because I'd seen some people talking about how that alone was going to torpedo Microsoft. Because Microsoft, of course, is a software business. They make all their money selling operating systems and selling productivity apps. And so in a kindergarten mentality, you would suspect that well, if Apple gives away its productivity apps and it gives away its operating system, Microsoft is screwed. Well, not really. And there's hardly ever any single bold action that can torpedo a competitor. Um, you have to take into account the commitments that organizations have made, the federal government and businesses to Microsoft products. You have to take into account the functionality that these products provide for businesses and exchange servers and and security and commitments that they've made to infrastructure. And you have to take into account that while these apps are lightweight and designed for tablets, they're not designed for the high-end business use. So, So no accountant at Goldman Sachs is going to switch from Excel on his high-powered desktop over to numbers on his iPad isn't going to happen, or even on his Mac. And of course, Microsoft had a very good earnings report recently, um, so they're still making money um, selling their products. What I said was, though, that the tablet is going to undermine the PC over time. There's predictions by lots of different research companies that there's going to be more tablets sold in 2015 than PCs. When there's no growth and there's no life in the PC market, when tablets take off and, 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 take, and you know, exploit the 90-10 rule, 90% of the, the tablet work can be done on those devices, then you only have a few people who really need a PC. So Windows starts decaying. It doesn't have the impetus it had anymore. BYOD means that IT managers are going to be giving their employees simple devices instead of spending a lot of money on complex PCs if they don't need them. You know, maybe the CAD department, engineering and accounting will still need the high power machines. But like Steve Jobs says, you know, there's going to be a few truck drivers in the company and the rest of us are going to be using lightweight devices for email and browsing and and corporate driven corporate written software apps that the company deploys to their employees. And those are going to be iOS and hopefully simple and easy to use. As Windows starts decaying, so does Microsoft Office starts decaying. Tablets are good enough for everybody. And so as as that happens, then guess what happens to the surface? Microsoft's stepping stone to the future doesn't exist. It has this half-baked tablet called the Surface, which depends on a product 
Windows and, and Office, which is going to be under severe stress in the future. And so Microsoft's stepping stone to the future, the Surface, is going to be dragged down with Windows, whereas Apple's building a stepping stone to the future with its iPad and iOS. So that's what I wrote. And that's the real reason Apple's giving away its software. It's just sort of like icing on the cake. It's sort of like, you know, warfare, ship-to-ship cannon fire. You know, you're you're not launching a torpedo that sinks the enemy, but you're withering the bridge with cannon fire and reducing the enemy's ability to function by uh, cannon fire on the bridge and cannon fire on the deck. And while the ship is still afloat, you know, it's not able to function as well. It's like water torture. (laughs) so giving away free software is not the torpedo it's just one piece you know apple doesn't apple builds you a coffin that's beautiful and then they start one by one they start putting the nails in and no one nail does the job until you realize the coffin's closed (laughs) i heard you close the coffin there yeah you copied that that. audio by the way from the tv show six feet under remember that show (laughs) no i never watched that you didn't? No, but it I'm was created by the same effects. guy who did True Blood. And of course, Michael C. Hall obviously became Dexter. So oh, I don't watch the, uh, I don't watch the shows. So you don't I know watch, about that stuff? No, I watch science fiction and fun shows on USA Today and Suits and White Collar and Royal Pains and NCIS. And, and uh, a new one I love is Sleepy Hollow. Oh, that Castle. is a great show. Isn't that a fun show? Yeah. Yeah. So I like shows with a little bit of edge and some action and adventure and inspiring characters. You know what and show I, I like, which I think is very well done? Arrow on the CW. Obviously, it's inspired somewhat by Batman, the Dark Knight concept, merged with Green Arrow. Mm. You've got to watch it. It's really well done. We haven't been able to find CW on DirecTV. I'm not quite sure what well, channel. We it get it here. Yeah. In the Phoenix area, we definitely get CW. So you have to kind of look and see if it's in your listings. But CW is owned by, I think, Warners and, and CBS. It doesn't make sense how that worked out. They used to have a WB network and some other network, and they merged it. And a lot of the shows there tend to be for younger people. They also had Smallville. Yeah. If you remember Smallville, the yeah, oh, 10 yeah. years of... Oh, yeah. Right, which well, was kind of funny because the guy who played Clark Kent Superman, when the series ended, he was older than Henry Cavill, who became the Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, we're talking about TV now, if this makes any sense, but we were trying to get into marketing philosophies vis-a-vis Microsoft and Apple, with Apple making, of course, the operating system free. And some people are saying it's the first time they've done that, but of course, in the early days of the Mac through 1991, Mac OS was free. You could download a copy from Apple if you wanted to pay a high hourly rate for your online service remember CompuServe in the early aol you paid per hour to get online to download files on a 1200 baud modem or something and then you had the ability to just go into a store and if the dealer liked you or maybe you bought your mac from them they would make you a copy of the operating system which would be on one two three or four floppies and then apple decided to charge for the operating system and people were up in arms And finally, the price has gone down and down and down. But you have to look at this, too. Knowing that we're at the end of the Mac era, as it were, these decisions to give the operating system away free, the decision about free productivity software and everything, and also about the fact that 
The MacBook Pro with Retina display is cheaper. One of the MacBook Air configurations, the 13-inch MacBook Air, became cheaper by giving a better value proposition. There you go. There you Apple go. is giving you more for your dollar when you buy a Mac. Instead of the Mac being still premium priced, it's premium priced with more value. Also, Apple locks you into their ecosystem using the Apple apps. When you want to do word processing, you don't get Word. You get pages. Maybe pages is lacking features that maybe only 5% of the user base cares about. But, you know, they get used to that. Why would they go back to Office? They could read their Office documents with decent fidelity. There's plenty of fidelity in this next announcement, by the way. I'm Gene Steinberg with John Martellaro of the Mac Observer. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com an e-cig revolution is sweeping across the country. But is yours American-made? Vapriate e-liquid by LaSig is. Manufactured in Arkansas with 100% USA-sourced ingredients. And when you buy American, you support local jobs. Vapriate e-liquid by LaSig is top quality at an affordable price. The very principle that once drove the American economy. Get great taste with no ash, tar, or smoke. You'll be wondering why you didn't make the change to Vapriate e-liquid by LaSig a long time ago. LaSig.com has everything you need for beginners to the advanced vaping enthusiast with a wide variety of hardware and also imported e-liquid flavors as well. Plus, LaSig smokes the competition with fast, free, same-day shipping, real people customer service, and a 30-day satisfaction guarantee. Support our country and become a vapriate at LaSig.com or call 870-525-1440, 870-525-1440. LaSig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System 
system today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even though I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months, simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. On the Tech Night Owl Live, John Martellaro of the Mac Observer joins us, and of course, we're just talking back and forth about the issues of the day. We have some more segments left. Let's go on. Let's, can we talk about Mac sales for a second? You know, let's talk about that because I was mentioning here that Apple's decisions, free software, free operating system, free productivity software, all this stuff, and somewhat lower prices is a way to make the Mac a more attractive buy in an era where Mac sales are flat or declining. You're about to say about Mac sales. Yeah, um, I uh, was a federal sales uh, executive at Apple, and we had this Bible book. It was, it was it's called, uh, what was it? Sales is not a, hope is not a strategy for sales. And what the key was is, is when you're a salesperson, you have to understand what the real pain is of the stakeholder. So you have to figure out who's in charge, who has the decision authority, and what is their pain? What is the problem that you want to make go away with your product? And I think Apple's doing this with the free software. They saw how people love their iPad. You just come home, you take it out of the box, it syncs to the cloud. So you have a backup. You know, the operating system is updated for free. It's a joy to use. And then you look at the environment historically on the desktop. You wrestle with it. You know, you have problems. There's incompatibilities. There's the registry in Windows. There's print drivers and scanner drivers. And there's operating system updates to the point where people are so scared to update from Windows XP that they just go out and buy a new computer with Windows 7 or Windows 8 on it. And so Apple's figured out what the pain level is for people who have a Macintosh. And if your operating system is free and your apps are free, 
and you've already got the quality and, and the security of Mac OS X on a beautiful MacBook Air, you're starting to sort of drag the MacBook into the same realm of the iPad, not through iAssification, not through merging the operating systems, but the user experience, the value that you feel for the product and the ease of use and the elimination of those pain elements that's so important. And I think that's part of Apple's project to boost Macintosh sales, especially in the days of the post-PC era where people aren't so excited about buying difficult PCs anymore. If you can start picking away at people's pain levels, um, they're going to prefer a beautiful MacBook Air uh, that kind of feels like an, an iPad that's a joy to use. And I think that's Apple's project to boost Macintosh sales and kind of overcome cannibalization a little bit and keep the Mac viable and surviving. Because once the downward curve is evident, people are going to be all over it. I mean, once you do a regression analysis through Apple's sales curve and you see a positive, you know, parabolic downward trend of Mac sales, people are going to be writing day and night about how the Mac is doomed. And of course, as soon as they do that, it's going to be really hard for Apple to sell Macintoshes. So you got to do what you need to do. And as you said, they reduced the price of the MacBook Pros they announced. They're reducing the pain level. They're kind of nudging things along to make sure that we don't see that downward arc. And it'll be interesting to see if they achieve that. Speaking of Macs, the Mac Pro. Okay, so we're oh, going to see it yes. in December. Yes. Now, Lust. the big Lust. criticism made of the Mac Pro <laughs> is that it doesn't have the internal expansion. Now, pricing, starting at twenty nine ninety nine. And then a step up at thirty nine ninety nine. That's kind of sorta in keeping with what I suggested. I was right yeah. about that. I was also right, as you recall, about Mavericks going to be free. I think I think you're right. I had used the the low level Mac Pro as an entry point. So I went to the store and I looked at the the cheapest Mac Pro you could buy, and it was like quad core with eight gig of RAM, and it was twenty four ninety nine. And I said, okay, it makes sense for Apple to. You know, introduce the the new Mac Pro at the same price points they had before because it only has one eighth the volume, and you know you you want to make sure you don't price it out of everybody's pocketbook. I was wrong. This is not a um, high end Jetta or high end Buick. This is a Lamborghini. You're going to pay for a Lamborghini. This is the halo car. This is the high-end, extreme, best-you-can-do, showcase, flagship model. And whatever it costs, this is what you're going to have to pay. And the, and the target is people who aren't going to be spending their own money. I wrote an article about that, Insights into Apple's Vision for the New Mac Pro, on October 22nd. And basically, I, I realized that Apple went all the way to build the best possible machine for photographers, video editors, for scientists, and there are no compromises. And if, if you're the kind of person who was you know, always able to spend a little bit more and afford the best Mac, and you could kind of you know, stick your chest out and say, oh, I have the fastest Mac on the block, well, that's over. You know, some of us can afford a nicer car, but few of us can afford a, a Lamborghini or, or a Ferrari. And this is this is a Lamborghini Gallardo, 
and uh, that two hundred and fifty thousand dollar car is is a, a showcase model that that you know people buy because they have lots of money, and this this Mac Pro is going to be used by professionals, and uh, I think people who are bitching about the high price are just you know basically feeling sour grapes. But you know, Apple got itself into that mode there for a while in two thousand ten and eleven, where you know an i seven in an iMac was about as fast as the Mac Pros. If the, well, you know, and you know something very interesting too. Today, even today, if you look for the fastest Xeons, and we use a quad core pair of quad core Xeons on our web server, and the thing is here, yeah, they are really wicked fast, but only a handful of apps really take great advantage of the multi-core processing and the advantage of Xeons is only seen on the kind of apps people buy a Mac Pro for. Most uh, of those tasks can be done just perfectly with the i7 on the iMac. It is those extraordinary apps to 3D rendering, video editing, advanced sound editing, mathematics, all that stuff. That's, that's a great where point. the Mac Pro people want it. And if you look at what they're offering, $29.99, I mean, for $24.99, on the older Mac Pros, you get a crappy video card. If you remember, they always had the crappy video card for $24.99 and the 8 gigs of RAM and the basic quad-core Xeon. $500 more, you get those twin FirePro graphics cards, and they have several different versions of it as you move up. The only thing that might be paltry is 256 gigabyte solid-state storage, but, you know, someday you'll be able to get a terabyte for that price. It's very complicated these days to figure out quantitatively how you're going to exploit a computer. There's two ways to approach it. One is to say, well, you know, I got a lot of money. I'm a wealthy businessman. I just want a Mac Pro. So you go out and buy it. But it's really kind of a prestige item. If you were sort of in the middle and you think you might want one, you got to really do, like you just said, figure out what kind of apps you're going to be using. Of course, in my case, in my case, if I'm going to write about it, I might have to have one. <laughs> so, but then you could write it off on your tax return. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, so, so we'll all be jealous. But, so you'll get the thirty nine ninety nine configuration <laughs> and pop some extra RAM into it, right? Well, you know, I've got a Mac Pro that a neighbor's buying, and it's got a uh, 480 gigabyte SSD in there. I did a review of the Other World Computing Excelsior, and it's got a very exotic SSD that uh, goes into the PCIe slot, and I've been running off that SSD, and it's blindingly fast. So you can basically uh, swap the drives if they're removable. I think they are. No, I, I'm not going to do that. I'm on this big project. I'm moving from family server to family storage. So I'm going to sell the Mac Pro and with all those drive bays, and I'm moving over to a Synology RAID system. So I'm going to have a NAS. So I'm, I'm moving from a one family server that has a lot of drives to lightweight clients and a monster RAID, uh, RAID 5 from Synology that uh, supports all the family data and is accessible from all the computers. The Our project. web server, strangely enough, actually has software RAID. But... It's got so much power, you don't notice the overhead, as a matter because we're getting incredibly fast downloads. Anyone who downloads our show, by the way, if you notice this past week, if you download our show from iTunes, which links to our site or from our site, it's going to be twice as fast as before. I don't know what the maximum speed of this drive is, except for the fact that I have a 50 megabit connection here, and this thing comes right to it just to retrieve a file, so it's really wicked fast. The wicked fast John Martellaro joins us. 
Just a little bit later, folks, we'll be joined by Josh Centers from Tidbits. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, then carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. U.S., one in every 50 homes will have a break-in this year. Burglars call it smash and grab. Police call it robbery. We call it avoidable. We are Fake TV, a simple electronic device that can fool even professional burglars. Fake TV easily plugs into any outlet and simulates the changing colors of a television. To a burglar, it looks like someone must be home watching TV, so they'll likely move on to an easier target. At only $29.95, Fake TV costs less than a month of most alarm monitoring plans and comes with free shipping. Order your Fake TV by calling 877-5-FAKE-TV or go to faketv.com. That's 877-532-5388 or faketv.com. Fake TV, the burglar deterrent. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. John Martellaro of the Mac cool. Observer joins us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. And we were talking about Apple's vision about the Mac Pro. And you know what? If I had a spare few thousand dollars cash and I had the right kind of display, I considered one. And that would be the other question I'd ask here. If Apple's going to be selling this, are they going to update their Thunderbolt display? What are they going to do? Yeah, that's a big question. I was reading about that the other day. The the rationalization that I saw and that I believe is, is that Apple isn't ready to sell 4K displays. their branded label yet because they're too expensive. And um, it might make sense to uh, combine that with, uh, you know, the Apple TV project. So if you've got a 4K display that you want to sell to Mac Pro users and you've got a 4K display you want to sell to consumers as a next generation TV, it might make sense to combine those in the production process to drastically drive the price down. Whereas 
if Apple's thinking they're not going to be ready with their HD TV project until next year, that a 4K display that they would brand now would be enormously expensive. I don't know. I think they could sell a 4K display for fourteen ninety nine or something. Because remember, oh. we're talking about twenty seven inches. We're not talking about fifty inches. Yeah, now, fifty true. inch 4K TV is what five thousand dollars now, four thousand dollars, something like that. Yep, yep. All right. So fourteen ninety nine, nineteen ninety nine for a 4K display for professional video editors. I don't know. Well, that makes sense to me. Well, you know, the other thing is, is that the uh, Mac Pro doesn't have a firm ship date. Didn't Tim Cook say sometime in December? Exactly. Yeah, so maybe um, they're not ready to announce the 4K display that's going to be available with it until December, which is, you know, six weeks away. They might also be waiting for the fact that we want Thunderbolt 2 peripherals, of which there are, I think, exactly none. There's so few Thunderbolt peripherals out there. Thunderbolt 2 is now in the MacBook Pro with Retina display. So we figure Apple is going to want to at least have a few of those available. Because, you know, these big ray drive assemblies and stuff like that, these these PCI cards, cages, all this stuff, Apple is going to want to have that on day one for people who buy the Mac Pro. Uh, I don't have a good feel for that right now. My feeling is the technical professionals are, are going to be embracing the device, but they're going to be kind of cobbling together you know, different infrastructures and you know, Thunderbolt products now are compatible, even though they don't take advantage of the Thunderbolt 2 speed. I think there's so many variables involved. Uh, it depends on what kind of thing you're going to be doing with it. If you're going to be doing advanced scientific calculations, you may not need a 4K display. If you're doing a movie with the devices, as uh, the fellows they showcased in, during the keynote, yeah, then you will have to have a 4K display. But I think the ones in that movie that Apple showed were made by Sharp. So I was thinking, well, maybe Apple's going to let Sharp carry the load for a while. We don't know what they're really up to. Sharp can also make the screens for Apple. Yeah, they could. Um, but one of the things I think about is uh, is uh, this TV business. If Apple goes into the if Apple goes into this business of selling a display, and I think that's a good idea because you get you seize control of the video stream. There's so many things you can't do if you let somebody else drive the display, right? I mean, right now an Apple TV or a DVR connects to your TV, and everything in the Apple TV or in the DVR drives the display. The display is just a dumb device, but if you can, on the other side of the HDCP, the, the, the encryption, if on the other side of the unencrypted video feed, you can seize control of the video display. There's some really neat things you can do. And so that's why I've always thought that Apple would sell its own TV set, not just an Apple TV fourth generation box. But when you do that, then you're going to be competing with other companies who are trying to sell smart TVs. So you have to find a partner who's willing to OEM a lot of these devices to you and let you compete against them while they're trying to build and, 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 and market a smart TV. And along the way, you're trying to deliver uh, you know, them to the, to the Mac Pro audience as well. That gets really complicated. It makes my head hurt. Can we talk about something else? <laughs> okay, let's talk about Apple's data center. <sighs> Apple customers 
massive data conflicts with Apple's vision. All right, let's move to a totally different topic. How's that? A totally different topic. Okay, so Apple obviously is creating this these massive data centers. They give you iCloud. They give you Time Machine for backups. Okay, so maybe I'm missing something here, but Apple's created this massive data network. We have this incredible synchronization of all our content, although, by the way, the iCloud keychain on iOS 7.0.3 is tremendously buggy, but that's another story. So what is your grand vision about what Apple's up to? Well, as we know, Apple sells products by appealing to our sense of simplicity. And when it comes to elegance of design and simple use of iOS, we're pleased. The problem is is that data storage and data backups and security are are kind of a difficult issue. And I've never been really a, a huge fan of Time Machine, although I use it. But I supplement it with something called Data Backup 3. And so you have multiple devices in your house. And you can back up a phone if it's lightweight to the iCloud. And if you get into trouble, you know, you can download from your backup there. But when you start getting into terabytes of photos or research documents um, or so other things that you've accumulated along the way, videos, your iBooks, your iTunes library, you can quickly and easily acquire several terabytes of data. And leaving that data to Time Machine is risky business. You know, there's Sounds like an old movie. At, at TMO, <laughs> do carbon copy clones every uh, so often of the entire boot system. Uh, time machine can become corrupted, in which case you're up a Jacobian without a determinant. Um, time machine doesn't have a lot of flexibility from, from multiple devices. Um, and it has to be supplemented. And you have to really kind of be an IT manager to manage all your devices. If your kids have an iMac in their room, you know, are you going to leave it to them to you know, make sure their time machine driver is always powered up and is working? Uh, you want to put a NAS in the house so that everybody has access to a, a fully backed up RAID system, which I'm going to do. We talked about in the previous segment. Um, how do you take care of redundancy versus backup? You know, my wife told me a story about somebody who came up to her, to her the other day and they said, oh, yeah, we've got redundancy. We copied uh, this, this data out to a backup drive. And she says, well, what about the file I erased two weeks ago? Huh? Can you go retrieve the file I raised two weeks ago? Well, no, <laughs> because they don't have you know, se- sequenced um, backups that you can that they could do in an enterprise environment. So, th- understanding the difference between redundancy, which is copies, and backup, is what allows you to go back in time, and having offsite storage. You know, saying a, a several terabyte drive stored in a safety deposit box somewhere. So if there's, you know, a natural disaster, you don't lose all your data. It's in a bank vault somewhere. These are all considerations that are completely ignored by Apple. Apple says, oh, it's fun. It's great. You know, buy our iPads, buy our iMacs. But when you get into the actual process of daily storage and management, 
Apple really hasn't stepped up. And I don't think they want to. Okay, I'm going to ask you why. In our next segment, we have John Martellaro of the Mac Observer. Why isn't Apple stepping up to the plate with all that data we've got rolling around? Just a little bit later, folks, we'll be joined by Josh Centers from Tidbits. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Hi, this is Gary Cooper with Midas Resources, Gold and Silver. Government shutdown, inept politicians, entitlements, looming Obamacare. The death of the U.S. dollar as a global reserve currency is what nobody wants to acknowledge. We have a debt bubble that cannot be paid and will eventually crash the dollar. If you're concerned about keeping your money, why not consider storing your wealth in gold and silver? Call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130. Together, we'll discuss your options of buying gold and silver. Again, the global elite have plans for your money, and it doesn't include you. So call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130, and we'll discuss your options of buying precious metals. Also, I can send you information on how you can roll over your IRA or 401k into a precious metal IRA. Again, don't get caught with money in your account when the dollar crashes. Call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237. Three seven extension one thirty. If you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now I can help you reduce or eliminate your tax debts and end your tax nightmare. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I've helped thousands of people reduce and eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. And with the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. 
There are many things the human body can do very well, but maintaining the proper pH level isn't always one of them. That's where AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops can make a world of difference. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps your body do what's natural. Just a few drops a day helps rid your body of harmful waste and acid while promoting health and restoring vibrance and energy. Alkalizing boosts your immune system and can help fight headaches, irritability, cramping, and insomnia. Alkalizing also helps the body fight depression and even bone loss. To learn more about the importance of alkalizing and how you can find life-changing and vital balance, please visit AlkaVision's brand new website at AlkaVision.com. Same great products, but now easier to use and more informative than ever before. To get your very own plasma pH drops for just $29.95, call 800-518-7615 or visit AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Alkalize your body and supercharge your health at the new AlkaVision.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. I should explain my backup routine, which I've mentioned before. I use Carbon Copy Cloner for a nightly backup to an external drive, complete clone backup. I also use CrashPlan, one of those online backup networks, for the off-site backup. With our web server, we have a small external drive that our web host uses. We have another backup on the drive itself, just in case... We accidentally delete an account or a site, we can restore it. And then we have an off-site backup in another state. So this way, we are left with as much security as you can get. And you do all that through your own personal ingenuity, third-party tools, and a plan. However, the average home consumer hooks up a time machine drive and thinks that they're done. Until there are a lot of Macs appear in the house and a lot of iPads are floating around and um, you know, they've got a lot of data uh, and they've got backups to do. And it's, it can be a kind of a difficult process and the technologies are not made simple in the Apple kind of way. I mean, you know, data backup three is uh, a little trickier to use and understand as, as with any tool. Uh, I've been playing with the Synology, which is a Linux box, basically, with a nice GUI. And that is, as reviews I've read, state, you know, it requires a little bit of knowledge and expertise. It's above most people. Apple has not been historically strong in the enterprise. Apple likes to sell what it has to offer to the enterprise, and they make concessions. For example, you know, connecting to Exchange servers and, and doing VPN and so on. But they do it on their own terms. Apple hasn't been real strong in in developing enterprise products, except for XN. And the days when they had XN and XServes, you could kind of cobble stuff together. But that's not real Apple's focus. It's consumer. So if you don't live in that world and sell to enterprise people and sort of walk through the hot fire and coals of enterprise difficulties, you're not really accustomed to dealing with those issues. And so when it comes to taking that enterprise experience and bundling it up and converting it to a consumer-friendly product that just works, that, that part's missing. And so all we really have from Apple is Time Machine. 
And um, I, I wish Apple would apply its tremendous expertise, its data center experience, its Unix experience, its user experience, craftsmanship, to build us a system that matches the scope of our modern data storage and backup needs. Wouldn't that be cool? You know, it's very interesting here about the fact that if you look at Mavericks, there are more enterprise-level tools in there. You look at the 200-plus features that Apple has, more enterprise-related tools in there. So it looks like Apple is trying to encourage more and more businesses to adopt Macs. But at the same time, as you say, there needs to be a better solution Uh for handling all this data. I mean, a normal person on a Mac these days, how much stuff do you have? Obviously, they're constrained because of the fact that we have all these MacBook Airs with small solid-state drives. That constrains you. But we're encouraged mm-hmm. to put all that stuff in the cloud if we don't have it on our local drive. There's no room in the cloud. You have to pay a lot of money to put a lot of data in the cloud. There's sure, questions of accessibility of the cloud. If the cloud goes down, you're screwed. It's also uh, speed. Also you, know, you have to look at the fact that, you know, look at the situation here. Data caps, too. Data caps. Let's go into all the various issues here. I have a pretty fast broadband connection. I've got 50 down, 20 up. But imagine how long it will take me to back up, say, 500 gigabytes of data on my primary hard drive, which is what Mm -hmm. I have. And that's not a lot. Okay. So how long will it take to back it up? How long will it take to retrieve it? Then we have the bandwidth caps from the ISP. My is 250 gigabytes a month. They go up to about 400. But I couldn't even, in a single month, retrieve my entire hard drive if I had a full breakdown. The only thing that's good for my off-site backup is to get maybe an individual file or a few applications or something. What I have a vision for is a map. You sit in front of a 27-inch screen on an iMac, and you've got data sets. You know, you've got your pictures, and you've got your movies, and you've got your books Floating in front of you is sort of a, a map, and you say, okay, here's a, here's a storage source. It's, it's an Apple-branded and sold super time capsule that has RAID 5 capability, hot swappable, and all this stuff. And you say, okay, this is the stuff that I want archived nightly. And you just touch the screen, and you just drag it over to that device, and the system figures out what you want. And it just takes care of it. And the same thing for retrieval. Why does Apple have to provide that solution? Well, if they want to eliminate the pain points, frustration level, how many times have you heard about people who who lose their entire hard drive and they go running to the Apple store and say, my Mac won't boot. And they tell you, well, your drive is gone. And they say, you mean, you mean, you mean all my family photos are gone? And they say, well, you can take it to a data recovery service where they have special tools to where they have the capability to drill down into the magnetic layers of the drive. And, you know, and it's cost you five thousand dollars to recover a couple hundred gigabytes from the platter. It's not that bad, but it's pretty expensive. It is pretty expensive. So, I had it happened to somebody I know they had to recover like maybe 40, 50 gigabytes of stuff. And it came to close to $1,000. And what they do is, of course, they recover the data, stick it on a brand new hard drive, and send it back to you. And they did a favor to me because I knew the owners of the company and everything, and the client didn't have a lot of money, and they shaved a few hundred dollars off it. But I'd say you walk in there for $1,000 to start, and you go up Mm -hmm. from there. Right. 
So there's this issue of the NSA and putting your keychain in the cloud, and your keychain has access to your banking information, and that could be compromised, uh, worst case scenario. I'm, I'm a firm believer of keeping stuff that should be local, local, and being very parsimonious and figuring out what needs to be in the cloud. For example, I sync all our family Macs and phones and iPads through the cloud, through contacts and through calendar items. So my wife is at work downtown. I make an entry into uh, the calendar. Poof, it shows up on her iPhone. She sees an appointment that I've created. I find that tremendously useful. And it's simple and it works. But taking all the data that you've got, which, which these days could be several terabytes, and backing it up to the cloud with data caps and with costs and with time constraints and bandwidth constraints and security constraints makes no sense. You have to conceive of your home backup architecture. You have to be an IT manager almost these days. Now, obviously, we could have gone to a lot of other subjects here. Like, for example, there are a few interesting glitches for OS X Mavericks. And I might mention that with Josh Centers from Tidbits, who is going to be joining us next. And then we'll get into the dark and dirty issues regarding iOS 7 and Mavericks. John Martellero, where do we find more of the stuff that you do? Uh, Or maybe the stuff that you don't do. (laughs) This is John Martellero, Senior Editor for Analysis and Reviews at the Mac Observer, www.macobserver.com. Hey, he does it. You know, he's got that recorded, pre-recorded. It's not him. It's really Siri imitating John's voice. How about that? John Martellero, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. It was a pleasure, as always, Gene. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Hello, I'm Steve Shank. Everybody's heard the statement that what you don't know can't hurt you. But truth is, what you don't know is the only thing that can hurt you. For example, you might not know how our country's wars can hurt you. Japanese radiation and the Gulf oil spill are destroying your seafood. People don't understand how America's 50-year worst drought is hurting them. Our natural disaster experience has proven relief organizations can't take care of the victims. And there's the huge question of how the government will feed all the people that it's promised to feed with no 
no food? What if we made the whole country into one big neighborhood where we take care of each other by taking care of ourselves? Here's the plan. For every new EPAC 60-day food supply that you order, eFoods Direct will send a 7-day food supply to each of two families in your name, free of charge. Go to eFoodsDirect.com or call 800-876-0871. 800-876-0871. e We travel so much, and having a fake TV, well, it gives added peace of mind. Burglars look for houses that appear to be easy targets, but fake TV can fool even professional burglars into thinking someone is home watching television. As a recent widow living alone, it gives me great peace of mind to set my fake TV near a window and know that passing motorists and pedestrians will think someone is home watching TV when I'm actually away from home. Fake TV easily plugs into any outlet, just like a light on a timer. And they're so easy to use, you just plug them in and they're ready to go. Plus, they're so affordable that we have one upstairs and downstairs. Fake TV is only $29.95 with free shipping. Order your fake TV by calling 877-5-FAKE-TV or go to faketv.com. That's 877-532-5388 or faketv.com. Fake TV, the burglar deterrent. A healthy digestive system supports a healthy immune system. And a healthy immune system protects you against infections and disease. Pro-EM1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse, available at Terragonics.com, is the key to digestive health. Pro-EM1 is a powerful liquid probiotic and is gentle enough to use every day. Pro-EM1 contains three groups of beneficial microbes and enzymes to cleanse and remove toxins, supports weight loss, improves absorption of food nutrients, and aids in controlling yeast and other infections. Pro-EM1 one is dairy, wheat, and soy-free, is non-GMO, has all natural certified organic ingredients, has no preservatives, and is never freeze-dried. Pro-EM-1 is the key to your digestive health. Order Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terragonics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com. Terragonics.com. Or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Pro-EM-1, the raw probiotic. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We have Josh Sanders. He's from Tidbits and Take Control Books. And therefore, he, of course, is the right-hand person of Adam and Tanya Inkst and tidbits and therefore we have lots of discussions lots of current issues to get over now one of the things i guess we should talk about because you wrote a piece about it is apple's financials which were kind of a mixed bag where sales were slightly up but profits were slightly down so what do you think you think apple is doing what they're supposed to do to to keep above water as they say Oh, I think they're in with 160 billion dollars in the bank. I think they're in plenty of good shape. Um, the, of course, and, Carl Icahn wanted to give all that away. 
Yeah, yeah, I don't think that's in Apple's best interest. And uh, if you notice, Tim Cook kind of made a veiled uh, statement about that uh, during the investor call. I think Apple's doing just fine. And if you do recall, they deferred $900 million of the revenue due to um, all the software they're now giving away. So it's actually a much better picture than what appears. And as we saw in uh, trading after the financial call, the stock actually went up a bit. Which is unusual because usually after Apple tells us how rich they are. Because nobody ever cares. Now, this is interesting, and maybe you could tell our listeners more about this. Okay, so Apple decides to give away iWork and iLife. Mm-hmm. They decide to give away Mavericks free. But that's not just, oh, we're not going to charge for it. you got to go through an accounting maneuver for this. Exactly. Um, and I used to sort of work in accounting, but I'll warn you, I wasn't very good at it. But basically what happens is, yeah, because of their accounting and because of uh, financial regulations, that if, you know, if they have it marked that they make money on that, you know, and due to, I believe it has to do with them being a publicly traded company, they can't just start giving products away for free. Instead, they, they have to count it. I believe in this case, they're counting it against hardware cost, which is why you can't just... You know, if you already have a Mac, you can't just go download numbers right now. You have to buy a new Mac, and then you get it with that. Except if you already have the previous version. Exactly. Then you get it free. It's not like, you know, you just download it. You have to have something there. You have to have bought a new Mac, or or you have to be using iWork 09 or iLife 11. Or if you have a trial version, it works too, incidentally. And apparently Apple Uh doesn't really care. But, okay, so they have to engage in what? Deferred income? Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically, they have to keep that money off the books that they would have made from the software they've given they give away, and then they reintegrate that over time. Now, when it gets to that point, it's a little sketchy, and a lot of these federal regulations are extremely complicated. And I don't claim to understand all of them, but that's that's generally how it works. All right, so here Apple earns more money, and this is going to be every quarter from now on, though, because they say they're going to do this for the foreseeable future. So every quarter from now on, they have to take a deferred income for each new Mac sold? Yeah, presumably until until they do something to straighten up their finances, they probably will have to create a new SOX, what's called a SOX document. That's related to the Sarbanes-Oxley Act, which um, dates back to remember the early 2000s, the whole thing with Enron, these companies cooking the books. Um, I used to work at a Fortune 200 company, and I got in trouble one time for renaming a a file. They actually had to specify in this document exactly how they were to name certain financial documents. And they told me if if a federal investigator were to see that you've named it like this, we could be fined. So Even though the file was legal in terms of the content and the oh, yeah. presentation. Yeah, it was totally. Yeah, everything was fine, but it has to be the file name that they say it's going to be. Like I said, I, I wasn't. You know, I'm not high enough. I'm not far enough into accounting. You know, um, I wasn't high enough into this organization to really understand all the implications of everything. But I, I do know it is that strict. Well, of course, all these weird, arcane government regulations, which is why Apple has to play this game. But part of the problem is here. Knowing this, Wall Street still doesn't know this. If you get my take yeah, on this, Wall Street. Wall Street isn't exactly rational. In case you haven't noticed, you know you have com- you have companies that 
don't make profits and and give their product away for free, and their stock goes through the roof. And Apple has a very solid business model, and even despite the fact that their margins have dropped and they don't make as much profit as they used to, they're still making tons and tons of money, tons of profit, tons of revenue. Um, very solid outlook for the tanks. I don't understand it. I'm looking at the stock market, and we're doing this on a Thursday, so you're hearing it, ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen, on a Saturday evening. But right now, I'm looking at Apple stock, which is down a tad, and I'm looking at Amazon stock, which keeps going up. But Amazon hardly ever makes a profit, or it's one of these situations where they lose a little bit, they make a little bit, they have good revenues, of course, but they pour all that money back into warehouses, into employees. And the end result, of course, is that Amazon is Wall Street's darling. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, how does that work? And Apple, of course, is a cash machine. It generates cash and loads of profits. Mm-hmm. Well, I wish I knew, Gene. Um, the, the only thing I'd say is is that the stock market is based on human psychology, and human psychology is not always rational. N- not always is an understatement. <laughs> but very rarely. Well, I mean, we're rational enough to kind of hold a civilization together, but in terms of you know, if they stock price based on how well the company is doing, no, because you know people panic, people uh, get weird ideas in their head, and when it comes to Apple, people have strong emotions and they get strange notions that don't quite match with reality on either side, positive or negative. You know, it's part of that reality distortion field that Steve Jobs installed long ago. This is a reverse reality distortion field, where the perception is that Steve Jobs is no longer there. Therefore, the company is on the skids. So basically, Steve Jobs sat there in his basement with his soldering <laughs> gun to create the iPhone. Yeah, you know, it was him and Waz in a basement the entire time. They they had us fooled. Tim Cook did nothing. Johnny Ive did nothing. Uh, <laughs> Craig Federighi, they did nothing. It was all Jobs and Wozniak in a basement. Right, so Apple doesn't create anything. No, Apple has nothing no innovative. original products. Nothing happens. No. No, the Mac Pro, that's old hat. The, the iPad Air with a magic shrink through the weight down. Yeah, nah, nah. Nothing new. Nothing remarkable. Well, of course, if you got a 1.4-pound iPad and a couple of generations old, you might say, you know what? It's time to hand that over to the kids and I'll get the nice, slim, light version. Mm-hmm. It's twice as fast. Absolutely, yeah. That's my plan. And you're going to be waiting in line. In fact, when the show is broadcast, I'll still be in line. <laughs> Although I hear now that stocks are going to be plentiful. It's the iPad mini that isn't going to be yeah. quite as plentiful. Okay. All right. So let's look at this a little bit further here. In general, Apple seems to be pretty good financially, mm-hmm. making a lot of money. We do see, obviously, issues that have to, to be discussed, like, for example, sales of new Macs are down slightly, probably still ahead of the PC industry as a whole. But Apple took steps here that I think increased the value proposition of the Mac. So the MacBook Pro with Retina display, these are now $200 less. And Apple seldom cuts prices. And then we have the MacBook Air, the 13-inch model, became $100 cheaper. Then when you buy a new Mac, you get all the stuff free. You get your iWork is free. It used to be $79. That was $19.99 per app. Now it's free. So Apple is giving you more for the dollar, but also reducing the price. And by giving you a more complete package, it looks to me like Apple is saying, you know, the Mac is even a better value against those PCs with a horrible Windows 8. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, what this is me about the Mac, 
as much nowadays as it always has, even more nowadays, is that you buy a new Mac today, you come home, you have everything you need. You have a web browser, you have an email client, you can edit audio, you can edit video, you can uh, sort of organize your photos. I hate iPhoto. Um, you can do spreadsheets, you can do word processing. I mean, it's really qu- quite incredible how much they've crammed in. Um, but back to your point about the, the new retinas and the new areas, I think the one place that Apple is going to lose touch with even regular people. It's hard. If you notice, even in the high-end Mac Pro, the largest drive that comes with by default is 256 gigabytes. Now, you can get up to 512. But it's very expensive, and we have to do this break. It's an expensive break otherwise if we don't (laughs) do it. Josh Centers joins us. We'll be back with more on the other side of the Tech Night How Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these specials. A 14 by 21 foot shop for under 6000 or a 50 by 100 for under 30000 You heard right. That's 5000 square feet under $30,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. Let's take care of your family and get it prepared and help us take care of our brothers and sisters in arms. From now through Veterans Day on November 11th, FreezeDryGuy.com is offering 10% off everything for active duty, reserve, and retired U.S. military members and their families. No proof necessary. It's on the honor system. In addition, for every purchase you make during this period, we'll make a donation to the Special Operations Warrior Foundation. Since retiring from the Army, the Freeze Dry Guy has been your trust 
trusted source for freeze-dried food and dehydrated food, perfect for emergency preparedness and outdoor activities like camping. He's offering 10% off for active, reserve, and retired U.S. military and their families now through Veterans Day, plus donating to the Special Operations Warrior Foundation from every purchase. Call 866-404-3663, 866-404-FOOD, or go to freezedryguy.com, freezedryguy.com. Ouch! My back is out again! Hi, Dr. Ortman with Wellspring Spinal Care. If you're experiencing neck, mid, or lower back pain, this information is for you. One of the complaints that I hear is patients receive their typical adjustment, only having to repeat them as the pain returns. Putting the bones back in place is only half of the battle. At Wellspring Spinal Care, we have the entire solution. We use the NUCA approach, utilizing three-dimensional x-rays and gentle touch technology to deliver specific correction. We then design Design a custom nutritional supplement program which provides essential nutrients targeting the areas of concern. With a NUCA approach and proper nutrition, you'll be on your way to a faster and more permanent recovery. To get you on the road to wellness, visit drortman.com. That's Dr. O-R-T-M-A-N.com. Or call us today, 952-303-9124. That's 952-303-9124. Wellspring Spinal Care, chiropractic done right. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle, live with Gene Steinberg. On the Tech Night Isle, live from Tidbits Josh Centers, we're talking about Apple's financials and the way they're packaging. What we're seeing here is that for possibly the first time in a long time, Apple's cut the price of Macs, giving you a more complete package. You can buy a Mac and do 90% of what you need to do without buying extra software, which doesn't mean you shouldn't have to buy the software, although the concern I have is that companies who make their own word processors, and we're not talking about Microsoft, we're talking about Mariner and Nisus, and now, yes, these are much more powerful apps, like Nisus, of course is a very powerful word processing app. Mm-hmm. Malel has control. wonderful feature sets uh, written by a couple of brothers in Israel. Wonderful feature set. And it's not expensive. But now mm-hmm. people are getting 90% of the word processors they need free with a new Mac. How does that affect the situation? I think ultimately it won't because you know Pages has been around forever at 20 bucks, and I believe that's cheaper than any any of the ones you listed. So, you know, if people wanted that, they could already had it and had it cheap. You know, the st- stuff like Nysys MLL are for power users, for people who aren't satisfied with pages, they aren't satisfied with Word, or maybe they don't want to shell out for Microsoft Word. Um, so they, they have a clearly defined niche, and so I, I think they'll be all right. But now let's take a look at the problems with Microsoft. Okay. <laughs> where do we start? Where do we begin? How do we begin? So now Apple is possibly striking a stake at the heart of Microsoft. Microsoft yeah, yeah. is earning most of the profits from Office mm-hmm. and from operating systems. On the Mac, you buy a new Mac, your operating system is going to be free. And your upgrades are going to be free. And, and, and you get software. the word processing software, mm-hmm. which is, by the way, kind of Office compatible. I mean, it reads the basic documents. Maybe not all formatting is intact. But for what most people need, 
they get Office compatibility. Oh, but you have uh, iWork and iCloud now, so anyone can can read those documents in a web browser. So you can create that as a standard. You don't have to spend $99 for Live 365. You get yourself a free iCloud account. We understand there are some limits. You have 5 gigabyte storage space. You have to pay more for more. But you have the word processor that's now compatible on iPad, an iPhone, an iPod Touch, a Mac, and a PC and a Linux box and anything that gets online. Mm-hmm. What was most interesting about that entire presentation is how Apple was essentially kicking Microsoft's entire business model in the family jewels. <laughs> All of a sudden, hey, oh, you charge for operating systems? Well, now they're free. Oh, you're charging for office software? Now it's free. What now, Microsoft? You're going to try to make another tablet? <laughs> they're, I mean, they're really going after people now. I mean, I, I think they realized... They can't quite compete with Google on online services yet, but boy, they I think they definitely shot a big bow at um, Microsoft. But now, for once again, for power users, though, uh, we've been testing this stuff, and it's just not going to fly. For instance, we were trying to, we are working on an article in Pages, a Tidbits article in Pages, and with Adam and Michael Cohen uh, working in the iCloud, the web browser version, and after I shared the document, I couldn't I couldn't turn on track changes. So I couldn't see what anybody had changed. Like, yes, they could update it live and it was neat, but I, you know, I couldn't go away and come back and like, oh, you changed this, this, and this. And also comments weren't enabled for them when it was shared over the web. So there's still, I mean, yeah, the compatibility is a lot better than it used to be. I mean, before the file formats between iOS and Mac were completely incompatible. Well, not completely incompatible, but much of it was incompatible. So the syncing was kind of a joke. It's much better now, but there's a lot more they could do in terms of collaboration. So I think Microsoft's still going to be selling Word for a while. I think um, these other companies are still going to be selling their products. And Google Docs is still going to be around because um, Apple stuff just isn't there yet. And I'm not sure it ever will be because for them, it's not a it's not a profit center. They're, they're not making money at this now. Yes, they'll try to improve it. But as we've seen with some of Apple's other you know, free software initiatives, they don't put as much effort into them. Right, but you know, Google Docs or Google Apps, I'm not impressed with the feature set there at all. I think the biggest target, Google, because it's not a power user's tool in terms of what the online apps can do. It's not like with Microsoft. With Microsoft, you know, of course, that there are a lot of things that Office can do that you can't do in iWork. And we understand that, and that gives... Microsoft, an area where they can still hit the market. But when you get to Google, it's not such a good sell anymore because now you don't have the free Google Docs or Google Apps accounts anymore. Now mm-hmm. you got to pay for it. They discontinued those. Well, Docs itself, well, Google Drive slash Docs itself is still free, correct? It's just if you have a business account that you have each, you pay well, $5 I mean, if, a month. If you want to use the if you want to use the applications, isn't that a monthly payment now? No, I believe I believe uh, the basic Google Docs um, is free. And if you already had a business, like one of the free business accounts, then that's been grandfathered. You won't pay a monthly fee for that. So yeah, that's still free. That's still available to anyone. And and the one thing Google Docs is great at, it's not great at many things, but it's great at collaboration. So if Apple is wanting to compete with Google Docs, that's what they're going to have to invest resources into. They're going to basically have to improve that, but they still call it a beta. So technically, mm-hmm. iWork for iCloud right now is listed as beta. 
So we assume mm-hmm. Apple has to improve the collaboration and everything like that. But here, Apple is offering a full solution once they get together. I also assume as the iPad and the iPhone versions become more powerful, they can add back features again. They had to pare it down for compatibility, but mm-hmm. nothing stops them from later on adding it because, yes, as you say, it's free. Maybe they won't put the resources into it, but if it sells more gear, yes, they will. Yeah, well, I, I, well, I thought it was interesting. I've never seen Apple do something like this. If you had iWork 09 installed, and if you updated those apps, then it put those old apps in a folder. And that, to me, is, is a clear indication that, yes, they realize that these new apps are not feature complete yet. For instance, probably the biggest thing is lack of Apple Script support, which has angered and frightened a lot, a lot of them who rely on Apple Script for their workflows. That's one aspect of iWork that I'm not worried about. I'm convinced they will bring that back because, well, A, they kept the old ones around because they realized the new ones aren't quite done yet. And also, they added um, extra Apple Script capabilities into Mavericks itself. So, I think they're still on board with Apple Script. I think they're still on board with automation. It's just that they tend to do everything in a rush. They didn't have time to work that into the new iWork. We'll probably well, cut Pro 10. It came out, missed a lot of professional features. Um, users were angry. But over time, Apple figured out which ones were needed the most, and they added them back in. This is a common Apple software strategy. You know, just nuke everything, pave it all down, start fresh, and then, you know, don't worry about the features you're missing and then add them back later. They did that with iMovie as well. They had mm-hmm. a pared-down iMovie. People were concerned, so they left the original iMovie for you. Then as time went on, they added the capabilities back to iMovie. It can be frustrating in the short term, but at the same time, it could be worse. It could be something like in Microsoft's case where they just keep building and building and building and they never go back and revise. You know, I mean, they revise, but they never just go back to this, to this drawing board and just start fresh. And you see how you know, much cruft builds up in Microsoft um, operating systems and software over time. It gets quite unwieldy. They never throw anything out. They're going to start a brand new interface called Metro or the user interface formerly known as Metro. So what do they do? Just tack it on. (laughs) They just tack it on. They leave the other stuff intact, sort of. They're afraid of a reboot. It kind of reminds me of Marvel Comics, not to go off on a comic book analogy, but, you know, they have the problem of they've had storylines they've been running for 40 or more years. And and new readers get lost because no one can keep up with all that. So they'll do something like they'll have a spinoff of a series, but they won't completely restart the series from the beginning or do a reboot. No, instead, it's like, oh, well, you can read the side series now. And so they make it even more confusing, just as Microsoft has by saying, oh, well, this Windows interface is confusing to, to upcoming tablet users. Well, let's bolt a tablet interface onto old Windows and make it confusing for everybody. <laughs> Right, we'll try to be the best of all worlds and being master of none. But, you know, in the movies, they take a different tack, which is a reboot. So they decide to reboot Superman. So it's the origin story all over again in Man of Steel. With Batman Begins, whatever happened in Batman before, yes, it influences the new universe, but it's a new universe. But now, of course, we have Batman versus Superman or Superman versus Batman. I can't imagine how that's going to work. Not because Ben Affleck is going to be Batman, because he's a very good actor, and he's an Academy Award-winning producer and screenwriter. So he figures, you know, he's a pretty good actor. It is starting it into a new universe, like they did with Star Trek. So in those cases, yes, they do know how to reboot something. 
We're not going to reboot this. We're just going to pause for a moment with Josh Centers from Tidbits. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. It's that time of year again, and you know what that means. Cold and flu season. But don't worry. HerbalHealer.com has you and your loved ones covered with our safe and natural products. Cold and flu fighters like beta-glucans, olive leaf antiviral capsules, grapefruit seed extract, HHA four-herb capsules, elderberry power, and respirate. And don't forget about oregacillin for the lungs, normally $34.95, on sale now for only $25. Vitamin D3, 120-count soft gels, only $9. Whole body and homeopathic detoxes for the lungs, kidneys, liver, lymph, and brain, normally $26.95, now just $20. Herbalhealer.com also offers correspondence courses to teach you how to handle your health naturally. And as always, new customers get a free 128-page catalog with your order. Visit Herbalhealer.com and click the specials button to save on our natural cold and flu fighting products herbalhealer.com healing the world with nature one person at a time since 1988 welcome back to the tech night out live where you never know what's going to happen next and now here's gene steinberg We have Josh Centers from Tidbits, and we're talking here first about Apple's financials, then about the philosophy of how Apple is handling the free apps versus Google Docs versus Live 365. But I think here, in terms of targets, I see Google being more Apple's target than Microsoft, because Apple seems to be getting along better with Microsoft these days. Well, it's it's not even fair to call an iPad event. It was an everything event. But to, to me, it was the fact that they're releasing this this Office software for free, and now operating system updates are free. To me, that's more of a, a knock on Microsoft. Yes, it Google. is. But I understand for a lot of people here, they buy a Windows PC, they never upgrade the operating system. Mm-hmm. That's why, what, 35% of the Windows users are still Windows XP from 2001? I was over at my chiropractor's office the other day, and I'm looking at the computer, Windows XP Professional. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Google, you know, offering free online stuff, well, that goes right after the philosophy of Google. 
yeah, you know, obviously they're chipping away at Microsoft too. But I think when it comes to chipping away, they'd rather do it with Google. Well, I think I think they trade back and forth. You know, we've seen events in the past, like for instance, Maps was definitely a goal. Um, even though Microsoft offers those services, but we, we we knew who they were going after there. iCloud that was a shot at Google. I think maybe now Apple's thinking that Microsoft is weak and they they can help finish them off and then focus on Google. Um, yeah, you know I'm not. You know, of course, you know we're not sitting in the boardroom. We don't really know. I mean, really, they're going after both, and at the same time, they also want to put out the best product they can, and they want to put the best complete system that they can. So. You know, yeah, so it accomplishes all those goals. You know, now you buy, you know, all this, you know, all the software you need is free and it's included in the system and you'll have to pay for an update. And it makes the hardware more, more valuable and it also makes, uh, completely destroys Microsoft's business model and it, it, uh, definitely doesn't help Google. So, yeah, mission complete, mission accomplished. Uh huh. Get rid of all of them in one fell swoop. Speaking of Google, Google. now, I heard this in a couple of places regarding Gmail. It seems to be some movement towards some people, power users, their Gmail and get Outlook.com accounts. And I think this all started when Microsoft first sets up Outlook.com with a very minimalist interface, basically a successor to Hotmail. Then they added IMAP support, which is, of course, we mentioned what IMAP is in the past. It's a way that your email messages on your local computer, Mac, PC, iPad, Android, whatever, syncs with the server, your email server. So wherever you are, whatever device you have, all your email is just all in sync. Okay, that's the basics of IMAP. Mm -hmm. So recently, Microsoft added IMAP support for Mm Outlook.com. And now it's become real easy to switch from Gmail to Outlook. And the problem I have with Gmail, I gather you're not a power user. With regard to email. No, I'm terrible at email. Okay. But what they've done with Gmail is it's so convoluted and complicated, mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense to people. I mean, you say you want to organize your email into a different category. You make a folder. Are no folders. There are flags where you take one mailbox, a unified mailbox, and you give it a flag or a tag or a label or something. You know what I'm talking about, right? Confusing. Yeah, yeah, it's the labels. Yeah, and it, it, yeah, and one message can have more than one label. So if you if you use an IMAP client such as uh, the Mail app on the Mac with Gmail, then you can have a message in two uh, two folders, or, or what Mail thinks are folders, or in the case apparently of Maverick that makes it look like it's in a folder, but it's not really in a folder. It's very confusing. <laughs> Very non-standard. And worse, though, if you go online to Gmail, it's got 12,000 options. It's not just your basic convoluted options, but they have all these beta test lab features that you can add. So you can add anything you can think of in email. But the stupidest thing about Gmail, I'll give you one example. Maybe you noticed this, Joss. Okay, so, for example, you get a message and you just undo. Mm-hmm. And the message is back. With Gmail, no. You have to go back to the trash folder and bring it back. Little stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, now that's new, and, and Gmail's always done things a bit strangely. But, yeah, I, I have all my email in Gmail. 
part of me wants to move away because they don't use standard IMAP. It's it's starting to break, you know, um, third party clients like Apple's Mail. On the other hand, I, I went through a lot of different email addresses and providers before I landed on Gmail and Beta, and it works. It's been stable for all that time. It's hard for me to move away, but. I really do want to, and not only just for that, but also for privacy reasons. Like as as we saw released uh, yesterday or the day before, the NSA has been not only using court orders to get inf- information from Google on the front end, but they've also been tapping their data servers on the back end so they get all the information. And not that another provider would necessarily be better. And then the other thing too is that in making each product profitable. So I'm not sure how much longer IMAP will stay around. You know, I'm not sure, sure how much longer you'll have to, you know, before you'll just have to go to the website and log in and use it that way or use the iOS apps, which I would love to do because, you know, push email works fine on those, but they're slow. They're the slowest iOS apps I've ever seen. It takes a minute and a half for it to load my inbox. <laughs> That's unacceptable. Well, the thing that bothers me so much with regard to Gmail is that it's not really meant for a separate email client. That's not their intent. They want you to go online because that's where the ads are. And so anything they could do to make it unfriendly, they'll do it. Now with Microsoft, it's different. You know, Microsoft sets up Outlook. It looks like a warm and friendly or fuzzy introduction to Microsoft. If you go online, yeah. You'll see ads in Outlook.com, although for 20 bucks a year, you can be ad-free if you decide you want that. But I don't to take away the privilege of using it on your Mac or your iOS device because, frankly speaking, that's not their primary source of income. Unless Microsoft decides to shut it down, as we've seen them do with other products. Do you remember Plays for Sure? Uh, Plays for Sure? their DRM system, or um, what was it, the the Zoom subscription feature where, you know, suddenly you didn't have access to your music anymore, trust my email to to Outlook, especially since Microsoft's not making money with it. If if I move to anything, it will probably be Fastmail, uh, which is fastmail.fm. It was formerly owned by Opera, but it was recently purchased um, back by the original founders so, and, and they have a solid business model they charge anywhere from i, I think i think the typical plan is about 40 bucks a year um so, so yeah that you know hey, oh, hey there's a crazy idea you pay for a product and they give it to you um and, and that's all they do they just do emails so if i were probably if i were going to switch anything that would probably be but let's see the other thing you have about gmail too is that there are a lot of innovative email clients like mailbox i love mailbox on the iphone ipad but it only works with Gmail right now. So if I were to switch, I'd be giving those up. And the sad thing is, email has been around since the 60s, and we still don't have a very good solution for it. Like all the clients seem kind of terrible in their own ways. But you know, but no one's come up with a better alternative. No one's come up with a solution. So what do you do? You know, speaking of email, I mentioned Polarismail.com. They charge two dollars for an email box. I think you have to buy like a minimum of five or ten. I'm not sure how the package works. But if you compare their prices to fastmail.fm, you're getting a lot more for the money. Hmm. You really I'll are. I'll have to look into them. Yeah, it's polarismail.com. As a small company, it's a small family-run company. They're based in Montreal. They give you active sync messages for your 
iOS or Android free of charge. I'm sounding like an ad for them. (laughs) That's the service we use. Anyway, let's continue. We have Josh Centers. He is from Tidbits. The people, of course, that's Adam and Tanya Inc.'s company. We've got more to come. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Making the right decisions is a challenge to investors. Are we going to see economic growth, slide into a recession, or at worst, depression? Hi, Ted Anderson from Midas Resources. We all know when a company acts irresponsibly, divesting ourselves in a move towards safety is prudent. When the market becomes volatile, U.S. Treasuries are a safe haven. But what do you do when the U.S. government overextends itself and spends beyond its means? Many investors are turning toward gold as a common-sense alternative to traditional paper investments. Midas Resources has put together a powerful book titled 10 Reasons to Own Gold, discussing costs, benefits, risks, featuring full-color illustrations, weights, and measures. The book is free and can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. Paper investments are dwarfed by gold's 6,000-year history. Discover how gold may be right for you and your IRA by calling 800-686-2237. Whether buying or it's time for you to sell, the book is free. Call 800-686-2237. My name is Frank Bates, and I got a confession to make. Just a few days ago, FEMA went directly to my supplier and tried to buy my entire stockpile of high-quality survival food. It sounds crazy, but I'll show you the exact letter they sent in a minute. Revealing FEMA's plot could land me in hot water, but I think you deserve to know exactly what they're doing. Go to FEMAHatesThis.com to see undeniable video proof that the government is on the hunt for as much survival food as they can grab in 24 hours. Be warned, it's really disturbing because the fact is FEMA must know something we don't. Go to FEMAHatesThis.com to see why survival food is the number one item to hoard right now and why supplies are so low or even completely sold out already at many stores across America. Do it now because I don't know how long it will be online, so go to FEMAHatesThis.com while you can. That's FEMAHatesThis.com. There are many things the human body can do very well, but maintaining the proper pH level isn't always one of them. That's where AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops can make a world of difference. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps your body do what's natural. Just a few drops a day helps rid your body of harmful waste and acid while promoting health and restoring vibrance and energy. Alkalizing boosts your immune system and can help fight headaches, irritability, cramping, and insomnia. Alkalizing also helps the body fight depression and even bone loss. To learn more, 
more about the importance of alkalizing and how you can find life-changing and vital balance, please visit AlkaVision's brand new website at AlkaVision.com. Same great products, but now easier to use and more informative than ever before. To get your very own plasma pH drops for just $29.95, call 800-518-7615 or visit AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Alkalize your body and supercharge your health at the new AlkaVision.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. On the Tech Night Owl Live, we move from Apple's financials to the platform wars to the free stuff wars to free email. And the point that you raised in the previous segment is that you don't really want to put your life on free email, you know, because you have the right to change it, to discontinue it, to throw it out. But if you pay for a service, whatever price it is, you pay for a dedicated email service. Well, they're getting money from you, so they want to keep it going because that's their income stream. Mm -hmm. Well, in theory, at least. I mean, nothing's a sure thing. Look, for example, at the Sparrow email client for the Mac. It was, um, you know, it was really popular and it was something people paid for. And then Google bought them out and they shut and they stopped updating it. So nothing's guaranteed. But it's true. If you're not paying, you're not the customer. You're the product. Well, they're using you. To get business, I certainly think Outlook.com, they hope you'll go online and look at the ads mm-hmm. because that's where they earn their money. But that's still not a main income stream for Microsoft. But the more you get involved in Microsoft's ecosystem, the more they have a chance to sell you something. If you feel nice about Outlook.com, maybe next time you'll consider a Surface tablet. Maybe you'll consider a Windows PC. Whatever. Yeah, I guess that's the idea. But I'm not quite sure how they're pulling it off because they never get too dedicated to a single service. And I guess the exception would be like Xbox, which has done remarkably well. But it's to the, to me, their whole ecosystem seems kind of scattershot and disjointed. Um, and, and they don't really have a good what you have to have to get people locked into things like that. And that's what this is. It's an attempt at lock in. You have to have a good, a really good front-facing user interface you know as it is now i mean, i don't know if you heard about this gene but um dell has had a problem with some of their recent laptops smelling like cat pee <laughs> that, oh that yeah, yeah they must have taken it to our backyard we've got some <laughs> we've got some stray cats there and i have no idea what they're doing i don't want to get involved but of course dell went private mm-hmm. and i think <laughs> dell is in need of a strategy because things aren't working, so they went private. This gives, of course, the management headed by Michael Dell full control. They can do anything they want. There's no stockholder issue. None of that to answer to. But when it comes to HP, it's the same problem. You know, HP, what's HP's vision for the future other than do more of the same and maybe it'll work? Well, the, the essential problem and the reason why all these OEMs and Microsoft is panicking is because... With the iPad, with the dawn of the quote-unquote post-PC era, 
people aren't buying PCs. Well, and part of the reason is, it's not just the iPad. It's also because PCs have been powerful enough for most people for years. So there isn't really a need to buy one every year, even every five years. You know, I, I still have a semi-functional gaming PC for, that needs a power supply, but um, last time I booted up, it, it was from 2008. Still plays video games that just came out. I mean, that never would have happened just a few years ago. The, the entire market has stagnated, and people are now moving to these thinner, easier devices. I mean, I think every home will still need a PC from now until the foreseeable future. The problem is, is it going to be a profitable enough market to base your business on? I'm not sure it is. And you've seen all these attempts, you know, HP had the touchpad and Dell tried cell phones and phablets and tablets and all, and none of that stuff took off. So now they're left wondering what the heck to do. And now Microsoft, who they base their entire business around, is make, is starting to compete with them with the Surface. And then Microsoft is coming out with these Surface tablets. So they're getting very mediocre to poor reviews. Paul Haddad from Tapbots, the makers of the Tweetbot Twitter client, follow him on Twitter, and he bought a Surface 2 on a Lark, and he was showing off some of the interface, and it was terrible. Like, just things that weren't meshing together. Um, you have to enter a CAPTCHA to, lock, to, to set up the device. Just all these bizarre things that you shouldn't have to do. And I'm not quite sure any of them know how to respond to this new reality. You know, let me give you an example of this craziness. We have, of course, the Touch ID sensor. Mm-hmm on your iPhone 5S. And you have to wonder why haven't people come out with fingerprint sensors? Well, they have on other devices, but they're totally user-unfriendly. So the home button is what you use for Touch ID. You hold it on there for a little bit less than a second, it recognizes it, okay? I mean, there are areas where it may not, maybe you didn't put your finger down quite right. This is why they give you the option of making several profiles. So however you move your thumb or whatever finger you use, It'll be fine unless you feel like you want to give a finger to the device. Now, HTC, within a very short period of time, rushes out a new model of one of their phones with a fingerprint sensor. And where is the fingerprint sensor? In, In the, the rear below the camera. <laughs> now, I want to it. think about this. Now, just take your smartphone, okay? Does that mm-hmm. be an iPhone? It could be an iPhone. It could be an Android phone. Or it could be an, any of these people, a phablet. Any one of these devices, go take it. And now, where does your finger fall naturally? Does it fall to the rear, just below the camera? Who did the product testing? You know, (laughs) you think about it, maybe these people are taking drugs, and you want to know what kind of drug it is so you can avoid that drug, because that drug encouraged their developers to develop the stupidest interface on the planet. Well, I think we're seeing two things. One is engineering-led product design which doesn't account for usability or, or design. It just but an engineer for, would even have to think, wouldn't I want to be able to use this feature? If I'm an eh, engineer, I can't be that stupid. If you're looking at it from taking a bunch of parts, your, your, your manager has asked you to slap together so you can have the feature checklist, then yeah. Plus, well, the other angle on this is, is patents. You know, Apple bought Authentic, which basically came up with the idea of the fingerprint sensor as we have it now. And so these other guys are, have to scramble to find ways that won't violate a patent. Apple bought the one good company that was making these things, and they helped refine it. And now everyone else is left scrambling, and they're afraid of getting sued by Apple. So they have to do crazy things like this to get around that. So if you want to see true innovation uh, back in computing, when I say get rid of patents, 
Well, the problem with that, of course, is no company can have an exclusive. The reason you have a patent is you have to have an exclusive for a period of time. Yeah, so if well, someone invents something and you want to monetize it, because we still have that capitalist system here, although some people think that maybe we don't, regardless, you want to have a period of time where you can do the best you can, make the money, and that's open to everybody. Yeah, in theory. But let's be honest, Gene. Let's say you invented, let's say you invented some really neat thing. And Apple just decides they're going to take your, take your idea and put it in the next iPhone and not pay you for it. Okay, can you fight the Apple legal machine <laughs> with their hundreds of lawyers and billions of dollars in the bank? I very much doubt it. So, and part of the idea for the pat- patents was to make it so small-time inventors could, you know, license these things out. Well, in reality, that, does, that doesn't happen much. And, and that's why they end up turning to these giant patent troll companies and now I'm getting off topic here, but I mean, in my opinion, the, the entire patent system is worthless, and if anything, just holds back innovation. And and it's why you see crazy stuff like HTC's Ling fingerprint scanner. Anyway, we've got Josh Centers joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com radio. DreamHost.com radio. Great news, pure water lovers. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has a special discount offer for all GCN listeners. You can't do better than a Big Berkey for economy. For only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. There's none better than a Big Berkey for emergency preparedness as a backup water source. And you just can't beat a Big Berkey to remove dangerous chlorine, all types of fluoride, pathogenic bacteria, cysts, parasites, and unhealthy bodies. Products from municipal water. Berkey water filter systems are even powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. For the gold standard in water filters, get a Big Berkey at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And all GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. For details, call 1 877 99 Berkey. That's 877 99 B E R K E Y. Big Berkey water filters for the love of clean water. 
Hello, I'm Steve Shank. Everybody's heard the statement that what you don't know can't hurt you. But truth is, what you don't know is the only thing that can hurt you. For example, you might not know how our country's wars can hurt you. Japanese radiation and the Gulf oil spill are destroying your seafood. People don't understand how America's 50-year worst drought is hurting them. Our natural disaster experience has proven relief organizations can't take care of the victims. And there's the huge question of how the government will feed all the people that it's promised to feed with no food. What if we made the whole country into one big neighborhood where we take care of each other by taking care of ourselves? Here's the plan. For every new EPAC 60-day food supply that you order, eFoods Direct will send a 7-day food supply to each of two families in your name, free of charge. Go to eFoodsDirect.com or call 800-876-0871. 800-876-0871. eFoodsDirect.com. My name's Bruno. I'm 52 years old. I've tried different protein powders over the years, and they've all tasted pretty bad. I tried One World Way and found it to be delicious. After 10 weeks on One World Way, my wife commented, you have more muscles and you're leaner than when you were 20 years old. My body has changed dramatically. I'm a cyclist. Normally, I'll ride two days on and take two days off. After being on One World Way, I rode 10 days in a row in over 100-degree heat, and then I'd take another two servings of One World Way and then work out at the gym for another hour and a half. I just couldn't believe these results. My normal muscle tightness and soreness after working out are virtually gone. Don't take my word for it. One World Way comes in single servings. Just give it a try. For a health and taste sensation you'll love, call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit oneworldway.com. That's oneworldway.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Josh Sanders is from Tidbits at tidbits.com. He works with Adam and Tanya Inks. It's a weekly e-newsletter, but also they have the Take Control books. All sorts of exciting titles, especially now, where if you want to upgrade to Mavericks. Last week, we talked to Joe Kissel, the author of Take Control of Upgrading to Mavericks. So a lot of cool stuff out there that you want to check. So, so far, we've talked about Apple's financials. We've talked about the free stuff from Apple, Microsoft, and, of course, Google. About Gmail, whether we should use free systems or not. That kind of stuff about the fact that people like Joe Kissel are leaving Gmail, as I am, by the way. Okay, let's look at our new operating system from the Mac, the free OS X Mavericks. How's your experience been so far? So far, it's been great. Um, you know, there's this old joke about Microsoft where it takes them three times to get anything right. Well, the truth is, it's the same with Apple and OS X. Um, the, you know, the first release is always rough. And in this case, um, you know, Mavericks is kind of the uh, accumulation of the Lion trilogy. You know, Snow Leopard was, by most standards, to, to a lot of people, perfect. And then they came along with Lion, and they had all this iOS 7 stuff and, and make a mess of things. And then Mountain Lion comes along and refines that. Well, now Mavericks comes along, and other than a few rough edges, it perfects it. And I'm blown away by how advanced some of the features in Mavericks are. 
like I've noticed that my CPU usage is less, my my page outs um, to my virtual memory are less. It's more efficient with RAM because of things like AppNap, where if an app is not being displayed, if it's somewhere in the background hidden by another window, then the OS c- cuts resources to it. Things like compressed memory that like actually shrink the amount of memory you're using compresses it so it doesn't have to access your hard drive your hard drive or your SSD to offload that data. Oh, things like the the new power uh, management utilities built in um, actually tells you, you know, what's using significant energy. Um, Yeah, it's just overall, it's just an amazing update, you know, despite its flaws. We'll talk about the flaws in a moment. Now, just thing I've discovered here, and we're looking at the compressed memory, but also the improvements for a battery life, it's cumulative. Obviously, the OS has to learn you use apps which are running foreground, background, and it adapts itself. It doesn't just work out of the box. What I'm seeing is people review it. As they continue to use it, the battery life goes up. Hmm. Well, I'm not on battery much these days, but uh, I'll definitely have to look into that. I'm curious, yeah, if it goes up over time. Um, of course, my batteries just went down over time now that my laptop has some age on it. Um, another, another feature also, and if you want a good explanation of this, you should check out John Syracuse's review of OS 10.9 Mavericks. Um, but he talks about things that update, like apps that update, instead of them updating willy-nilly, instead they sync up through the operating system so they all update it once. And it saves system resources and it saves battery. And it's a really amazing feature. I mean, the, the, for once, I, th- I think it's true what Apple is, Apple is saying. I think OS 10 truly is the world's most, op- most uh, advanced operating system. Well, they're trying to do something which Microsoft isn't doing, which is find intelligent ways for the system to do more things behind your back than improve performance. Now, the battery life, when John Siracusa over at Ars Technica, when he did his review, he got 30% better battery life. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of people um, getting improved battery life after after the upgrade, which which is no surprise because Mavericks is geared almost well. the big focal points for apple for the mavericks upgrade was battery life and it makes sense because you know their biggest hardware their biggest mac hardware business is laptops and if they can improve the battery life through software then that makes their hardware look better all right let's take a look at your experience with mavericks i i haven't personally seen many i've read about others uh for for instance you mentioned uh joe kissel's battle with uh, the mail app there are certainly some things uh there that apple could work on i've seen i've seen some people have problems with apple scripts because it looks like they they've messed with some of the apple in some ways they've improved apple script support and otherwise and other things they've taken away so some people are having to retool their workflows if i've seen anything weird with mavericks it's it's been just kind of randomness for lack of a better term. And these things, odd issues usually come with the very first Mac operating system. I'm sure this will get better with time, but for instance, I was working in a folder the other day and I was trying, I, I copied a, um, an image and I was going to paste it into another image for a book I'm working on. And suddenly it pasted in an application that I downloaded an hour ago. <laughs> now, I have no idea how that happened, but I've noticed little things like that where like, I'll try to do one thing and it does something else entirely. Um, another issue, and, and this isn't a long-term issue, but it's more of a pet peeve. When I first booted up Mavericks, when I first upgraded, I had to go into um, accessibility settings that's under the security preference pane, but I had to enable um, 
a lot of my apps to be assistive devices like text expander, which, you know, you type a shortcut, it expands it out, keyboard maestro, things like that. I had to go in and click for each one of them. I think even Skype, which was what we're talking on now, I think even I had to enable that as an assistive device. So that was annoying, but that was a one time. So far, that's been a one time thing. So not too bad. Um, one thing I really like about Mavericks is that they make it obvious. They make an obvious way to bypass Gatekeeper, which, um, in case you don't know, Gatekeeper is a feed software from the Mac App Store or software that's been verified by Apple. So if you try to load an older program or something that maybe they haven't they haven't dealt with Apple to get the certification, then it just won't open. Well, now you can go to the security preference pane under system preferences, and it says, hey, I blocked this from starting. Would you like to run it anyway? And you can just click there and run your app. So there's little things like that that I think Maverick make Maverick special. And I definitely don't want to miss the fact that they finally fixed the multi-modder support. You can full screen... I have a 15-inch MacBook Pro and a 27-inch Dell 15-inch screen, then it made my big monitor useless. Well, now I can use my MacBook Pro to keep um, a number of full-screen windows on and just swipe between them with my Magic Trackpad, and then I can use my big display to keep uh, a sort of different windows. So, for instance, on my second screen, I have the big Skype window. I have iTunes. I have iMessage. I can swipe between those easily. And then I can be doing something else on the big screen. So that feature, that's one of my favorite parts about Mavericks. Totally makes the upgrade worth it. I mean, yeah. they realize people are using multiple monitors, especially those who do higher-end creation activities. And you want to have the maximum flexibility with each display. So we'll give you linen. I, well, you know what's funny is, is that there are a lot of people complaining about the new behavior, which you can turn off if you don't like it. Um, and some people are complaining because you can't, span a window between two monitors anymore which i know is like an old school mac thing to do but who really needs to do that very often i'm worried about certain confusing behaviors but yeah the way before i mean covering an entire screen with linen yeah that's what's the point well i guess if you want to keep your screen clean yeah yeah (laughs) then you get some windex or something or 409 now you might damage the screen perfect cleaner perfect cleaner is that what does it well, shout, yeah, you just rub, rub the stains out of the linen. All right, well, what do I know about stuff like that? <laughs> you know, anyway, but seriously speaking, so Apple tried to make sense of this. Now, Apple announced 200 new features. Now, mm-hmm. not every feature is like a big, major, little thing. Sometimes those features are very minor in the scheme of things. But you can actually physically see over 200 changes of Maverick. So I go to the page right now, and you have the section... A deeper look at OS X Mavericks, over 200 new features. And they've got everything in categories. So accessibility, automation. Apparently, there are things they did with Apple Scripts. There's a whole bunch of stuff they did with Apple Script libraries and everything. So if you are into your Apple Scripting, you might have some new possibilities there. Okay, we have so much more to present with Josh Centers from Tidbits and Take Control Books. And so far, we've talked about Apple's financials, the good, the bad, and the ugly, about all that free stuff Apple's giving away, about Gmail, whether you should use Gmail with OS X Mail on OS X Mavericks. And guess what? There's a lot more to come. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live.
The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Do you owe the IRS money that you can't pay? Are tax liens and levies ruining your life? Are you tired of being afraid just to go to the mailbox? If this describes you, then Dan Pilla can help. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla, and I've been solving tax problems for more than 30 years. In fact, I wrote the book that made it possible to negotiate settlements with the IRS, and I've helped thousands of people do exactly that. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. New changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever before eliminate their debts once and for all. There's no need for you to suffer another day with IRS debt. Call 800-346-6829. I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, taxhelponline.com. That's taxhelponline.com. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even though I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months. 
simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl live. We have one more segment to spend with our friend Josh Centers. He's from Tidbits, the organization run by. Adam and Tanya Inks, and I've been talking briefly about the fact that when Apple says they have 200 new features for OS X Mavericks, you can take that to the bank. Now, some of those features are just minor enhancements, but they are real. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I've been writing it since uh, the Goldmaster. Okay. iOS 7, there was a new release, 7.0.3, adds the iCloud keychain from mm-hmm. OS X Mavericks. That's where you're storing passwords in the cloud and synced among all your Mac and iOS devices. Okay, fine. That's good. And now there's a problem, which I noticed on an iPhone 5S and a third-generation iPad. Suddenly, things slow down, and when you use this keychain feature, mm-hmm. it pops in the wrong username and password, and you try to erase it, and the text takes like 10 seconds for each letter to disappear. Hmm. Have you noticed that? I haven't seen it yet, but um, I, you know, to be honest, I haven't used that feature much. Um, I've I've started storing some passwords. Of course, I I rely on one password to manage these. So for me, it's just a it's an easier way of getting these into Safari and iOS. And I, I haven't had a chance to really try it out yet. An issue, a widespread issue. Then we'll definitely write about it at Tidbits and try to get to the bottom of it. Now, here's the thing to bear in mind: I use multiple email accounts from my server, so therefore it's going to be the same screen with different logins. I have two web servers. I have two internet servers, and they have different, very convoluted logins. And I suspect maybe it's getting confused, but I don't understand why you're trying to wipe text out, delete it. It's so slow. Now, the problem disappears as soon as I turn off iCloud keychain on my iPhone or iPad. So I have a feeling that Apple's going to have to come out with a 7.0.4 soon. That (laughs) happens on two devices of different generations. Shows me there's another issue. Now, your experiences with iOS 7, what negatives, if any, have you seen? Well, it slowed my iPad 2 down quite a bit until I freed up a lot of, I mean, a lot of free space. Um, Last night, my iPad 2 was lagging, um, which is about to be replaced in iPad Air, hopefully. Um, but it was lagging. I had three gigabytes free, about five gigs of stuff, and now it's working fine. So there's st- it looks like there's still some performance issues. Overall, some of the design leaves me kind of flat, uh, to be honest, and to use a bad pun. But there is enough good stuff about iOS 7 that I love to make me like it. Like I love the fact I can pull down Spotlight from any screen. I love the fact that folders are unlimited. I love Control Center. That's amazing. Like that saves me so much time and so much uh, thumb strain. Now, for me, after iOS seven point zero point three, they made it so if you turn on reduced motion under in settings general accessibility, it not only turns off the parallax effect, which I was you can't really notice in regular use anyway, but it also turns off those annoying uh, at zooming animations throughout the interface that make everything feel slower. 
So if I have one tip for iOS 7 that will drastically increase your productivity and speed on an iOS device, then turn reduce motion on so the interface gets a lot faster and it's been great ever since well i understand some people have gotten nauseous from that feature yeah we wrote about that yeah i'm glad apple took quick action to address it i'm just looking at it now i just turned it on to see what happens and everything is instantaneous now Mm -hmm. yeah i mean you go into apps it suddenly becomes a lot snappier it just Mm -hmm. instantaneously moves from one to the other and what you're realizing here is that your system is a lot faster than you think it is. Mm -hmm. I know my wife's been complaining about performance on the third generation iPad, and I may turn that feature off just to see what she says. Yeah, you you should try that. Well, here's what's interesting about iOS 7, if this makes any sense, but it seems like the OS itself uses a few more resources, but the apps that are rebuilt for iOS 7 are a lot faster. Have you noticed that, Gene? That's a good question. I'd say... Mostly, yeah. I'm using an iPhone 5S. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm using an iPhone 5. And, like, for instance, the new TweetBot that just came out, the TweetBot 3, it's on sale for $299 in the App Store uh, currently. So I, you know, I, ins- I installed this this paid upgrade, and it is amazingly faster than the previous version. Like, I mean, everything just flies, and it blows me away. And, you know, meanwhile, yeah, so the OS feel- itself feels a bit slower, but... It, it seems like they did a lot of improvements on the API end for developers. So developers can write much more efficient applications now. So it's been an interesting contrast. And overall, I like it. And they'll improve the overall system performance. They already have improved it quite a bit, you know, as you know, old ha- hardware drops off and we upgrade our devices and, you know, Apple refines the software. I think it'll just be a way better system than what we had before. And I'm, I'm really pleased with what developers are doing um, with the new flat design with these new APIs to speed things up like um we actually did a, a quick review of it on tidbits.com of the new fantastic cal 2 for ios and let me tell you if you hate the calendar in ios 7 and i hate it today it's terrible fantastic cal is the way to go worth every penny um lets you do natural language event and and, and reminders it does reminders now too so you can enter those in natural language for instance uh when gene asked me to be on the show i just pulled fantastic cal I hit that the plus button, the add button. I said, show with Gene 4 p.m. tomorrow. And it just pops up in my calendar. So that, that is one of the best new apps I've played with in iOS 7. There was a report in USA Today recently suggesting that iOS 7 was one of the most trouble-prone releases since Windows Vista. And they're quoting some supposed survey organization about how mm-hmm. bad it was without going into the specifics here, Okay. Mm-hmm. Turns out the survey organization they quoted works for Samsung and Google. <laughs> you look at the site, it works for Samsung and Google. Yeah. Why would you ask somebody, a company that does work with rival firms, to evaluate Apple's operating system? Not that there aren't problems, we're talking about them now. <laughs> but you um, don't, that's ridiculous. I mean, if you want to talk about trouble-prone, how many bugs are in Android right now that are serious enough to cause crashes, lost files, lost data. How many? When will they be fixed? Even if Google fixed them all tomorrow, what century will it be before you get the upgrade for your Android device? How many centuries? 
I've started to think about it. I think for some people, it's better they don't get the upgrades because nothing ever changes. If you want to actually see a un- unbiased critique of iOS 7, the, the Nielsen Norman group, who are uh, it's a inter- user inter- interface company, they did a study in iOS 7 and cited a lot of things wrong with it. None of these systems are perfect. None of them are. Even stuff from Apple. And, and they, they, one of the things they mentioned was the fact that Apple changed the interface and they changed the icons. And they, and they said, you know, pretty much anytime you change something, it's bad for the user because they have to relearn stuff, you know. But at the same time, the old look with all the linen and felt and all these weird textures, it started to feel old. It started to feel clownish. So Apple had to do something. They took the only sensible solution, it seems like. So if they hadn't updated, everyone keeps saying, oh, it looks so old and skeuomorphism looks terrible. But now that they went and changed it, people are, whoa, you changed it. It's different. I'm mad now. <laughs> they were mad before because Apple didn't change it. Mm-hmm. Apple changes it drastically. They're mad again. You can't win. But we can always win when we find out what Josh Centers does and where to find him. So where can we find the things you do? I write at tit for tidbits. You can uh, read my articles and subscribe at tidbits.com. Oh, uh, one thing I want to mention about tidbits. We're, if you're a fan of coffee, Tonks Coffee, we're doing a deal bits coffee giveaway. So be sure to come by t- tidbits.com and sign up for that. And also, I'm hoping to have something really exciting to announce Monday about a project I've been working on for a few months now. So stay tuned to tidbits.com. Uh, sign up for your free coffee. And uh, look out for uh, what I'm doing next. I'm sending him the bill, by the way, for the ad. <laughs> All right, he's going to bill it, send it back to me to pay. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> Go to our web portal, technighthow.com. And we're going to tell you about a really interesting show we have on our other program called The Paracast, about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. And this week, author and TV producer Bryce Zabel has written a book about what would have happened... If JFK had survived the assassination, how would things have changed or would things have changed that much? That's at theparacast.com. That's theparacast.com. Right here on the Tech Night Out Live, Josh Centers. Thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks for having me back, Gene. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.